0: The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Welcome to Lifehouse Church. If this is your first time, welcome, man. Well, hey, I am excited to be here. This is like home. You have an incredible church. Patrick Grash is an amazing pastor, And Don't you just love past, Pastor Patrick? Just want to say shout out to him, man. Patrick's an awesome friend, mentor, pastor to me personally. And uh, man, you guys are a blessed, blessed church. So I want to send... Greetings to you, my family. I think we've got a picture of them. I want to share that with you, really, really quick. So, uh, want to show you the crew here. Three boys: Jackson, Judah, Dallas. Uh, seven, five, and th- no, excuse me, seven, four, and two. So you can pray for me. Um, life is like is basically like John Cena at the house. Everything is absolutely crazy, bonkers. It is just absolutely insane. But, uh, you know, everyone keeps, keeps saying, when are you going to have number four? And I'm like, I don't want to be Brandon. <laughs> if you were here last week, Brandon, he's got four four boys. And I'm like, I know if we have a fourth, it's going to be a boy. So we're like praying. Duh, duh. Kristen's like, get away from me. Don't touch me. Don't come near me. You know, you know, so I'm, I'm just like, okay, but, you know, so... But, man, it's an incredible honor to be here with you, um, to, to, to share with you. Um, when I was here last March, Lifehouse Newport News was a thought. Um, it was kind of like, and, you know, we hope this happens. Um, And we'll be coming up celebrating. We started September 17th, 2017, our first day. We had 465 people. And we are celebrating uh, our first... Birthday coming up here in, in about two months, steadily averaging over 300 people, and so we are. So we are, and so we are just pumped. And that is honestly and sincerely because of the generous investment of Patrick and of you. So we want to say thank you for giving to Kingdom Builders. Uh, thank you for your generosity. It is truly making a difference. Hey, though, want to to start off today with a simple question. Uh, what would change in your life if you had more faith, if you, trusted, if you trusted God more? What would change in your life if you trusted God more? What would change in your life if you had more faith in God? I've got a, a couple thoughts about what would change in your life if you trusted God more. First off, I think you'd have a little more joy why? Because you would not have a circumstantial faith built on if things are going good, you're good. If things are going bad, you're just like on, on this really, really big roller coaster race. You would have a little more joy. I think you'd have a little more contentment. Like you would probably be happy about what you do have instead of mad about what possibly you don't have. I think you would probably be a little more keen on giving people forgiveness. Why? Because you would know in someone's life, you cannot play judge or jury. Ultimately, everyone is going to be judged by God. So do you know what? You don't have to worry about judging or, or playing a venger because ultimately it's in God's hands. You would probably forgive better. You know, if, if you trusted God more, I think you would probably rest a little more. You would probably be a little more keen to like take a nap or possibly take a day off. Why? Because you would see the world doesn't revolve around your work. It doesn't all rise and fall on you. That God is is the person ultimately behind everything. You would probably be a tad more bold. Why? Because you wouldn't be so concerned about what, about what other people think, you would say, "Do you do you know what? If God's told me and called me to do this, I'm going to step out and do this." I also think that you would probably be, you would probably be a little more generous. You probably wouldn't hold so tightly to all of your stuff, your time, your talent, and treasure. But if but if you trusted God more, you would be a little more apt to be like, hey, do you know what? I can be generous because I know God is my father and he's going to take care of me. What would change in your life if you trusted God more? The bottom line is we got trust issues. Like we have honestly and sincerely trust issues. And, and really, I think we can blame it a couple of things. One, it's like anything in this world, I don't know. The older I get, the more cynical and untrustworthy I think everyone is. It's kind of like fake news on Facebook. You know, people promising things. Yeah, man. You know, I had so many people starting starting Lifehouse Church saying, man, we got your back. We're for this. And then when things start up, we're like, where are they at? They didn't even show up. So it's easy for us to to gain this whole lack of trust. And we say things like, don't trust anybody. Like I'm done trusting. And what do we typically do? We take that same Mindset and project it onto God. and we say, if people can't be trusted, then possibly God can't be trusted either. Trust is simply a similar word to faith. Faith. Hebrews 11:6, Scripture tells us this. This is a strong statement here. It says, "And without faith, it is impossible. Everyone say impossible. It is impossible to please God. Without trust, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What the writer of Hebrews is telling us here is that it is, it is going to be hard for you to please God if you don't have a deep-seated faith and basically a deep-seated trust in who God is and what God's like and that God will honor what he says. Why? Because it's how can you be generous, how can you be extravagantly generous financially if you don't trust that God is the ultimate ruler of everything? You will consistently, well, if I give this away, if, if I step out, what am I going to do? You'll say things like, how could I forgive this person? Does God know what they did to me? How could I just generously give them the forgiveness that God says that I should, why? Because it takes trust, it takes faith. But here's the thing, it is, this is a faith journey, this is not a faith sprint. If you follow God any particular amount of time, you know this journey of faith, of following Jesus, is not something that just happens overnight where you're just all of a sudden full of just faith to go and see miracles happen, And it's, it's, it's a journey. So I want to play a small part in your journey today. And prayerfully, hopefully, if you walk out of this place, trusting God, having faith in God a little bit more, I will consider my job done. I want to give you three simple principles, ideas that, that I sincerely believe if you take these, grasp these, and live these out, that your faith and trust in God will Grow. And trust and faith ultimately lead to this, obedience. The whole point of faith isn't just to believe something. The whole point of faith is to act, is to say, I'm going to take God at his word and not just believe God as some concept, but I'm going to take it and say, this is who God is and what God's like. So now I'm going to act. Scripture says this in James 2, it says faith without works, without action is what? dead. It's dead. We don't want you to have a dead faith. We want you to have a thriving faith. So I want to give you three simple principles that I believe will really, really help you build your faith today. First off, this, understand that faith is like a muscle. It grows when it's tested. I know when when you saw me, the first thing you thought was how did he get such big muscles? (laughs) I don't doubt that. I mean, look at me. I'm here, I'm just kidding. You're you're like, you need a lot of help. (laughs) No, but if you would have saw me four years back, I looked like I was on some sort of substance. I was skinny, black under the eyes. I just looked unhealthy as ever. And then I started going into the gym and I saw this correlation between time spent under tension muscles and them growing that, you know what? If I did bench press and I kind of went slower, slower down, slower up, muscles grow this, this way. Steroids, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And time under tension. I know all of us want a robust faith. All of us want to have the kind of faith that can just see through anything and work through anything, but the bottom line is this, you don't get that faith without going through some kind of test, without going through some sort of tension. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, I love what he says here, says, consider it pure joy. Hallelujah. My brothers. And sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He says, yo, whenever you go through something, face your trials with joy. Why? Because you're crazy? No, because you know if you are facing trials, you are about to hit a growth season. Now, many times whenever we hit trials, we think God's punishing me. We think God must not like me. The cosmic game of karma, I've lost it. But really we need to start seeing issues, trials, things that pop up and hey, life happens. I don't care if you're a follower of Christ or not. The bottom line is life is going to happen and you're gonna encounter stuff, family, job, relationships, financial. But when you hit those things, many times we don't need a change of circumstance, we need a change of perspective and stop seeing issues happening to us as, this is bad, God doesn't like me, but start seeing it as, this is an opportunity to build my faith. Why? Because I'm gonna be tested and stretched, so this is an opportunity for me to grow. Now, now also though, there are gonna be things that happen in life that we do to to us. Like, I know if I eat McDonald's, that wasn't because Satan was you know, after me. When I eat Krispy Kremes, they got one right by my house, and that red light comes on, and the Holy Spirit starts drawing me to this red light. Hot now. And I go and I get a dozen, and I eat ten of them. And I have a headache. I don't say things like, Satan made me do it. You know what? I made that... Choice, And there are going to be things in, in life that we're going to see as consequences of God sending us trials when really in reality, it's our choices. This is the best sign ever. I, I just saw this and I was like, I just got to show this to everybody. We got that, that sign. I love this. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you're stupid and make bad decisions. Whoever did that sign, I love you. And it's, it's like there are just times some things happen for a specific reason. And sometimes those things are you just stupid and you just you made a bad decision. But at the same time, some things happen to us that God is trying to, to say, okay, it's time for you to grow. Isn't it so funny? We want a robust, passionate, God-honoring faith, but not many of us want to go through stuff. And we don't need a change of circumstances many times. We need a change of perspective. Because, guys, this is the bottom line. We live in a culture that wants everything as easy as it can possibly be. Have you seen this thing, ab belt? This, like, ab belt that people, when they want ripped abs... They buy this ab belt thing for like $29 or $30 or something like that, and they put it on, and it's supposed to like shock your abs so that while you're sitting there watching TV, while you're sitting there eating chips, while you're sitting there drinking Pepsi, you can get rock-hard abs <laughs> simply by sitting there simply by doing nothing. And I'm telling you, this is the culture we live in. We want to get the most out of something with, with doing the least amount of stuff. And if we're not careful, we, we can think faith is just some sort of app that we download. When faith is not an app that you download, it's not something that just comes easy. Faith is built through trial. And you're gonna have to go, I know you want strong faith, but at the same time, you're gonna have to start seeing what the, whatever you encounter as, God, this is an opportunity for me to grow. This challenge is gonna help me grow. That is why you see military people. New, Newport News, I mean, there's military people, and I mean, Navy, Army, Marine Corps, Coast Guard down there. It is heavy military and it is a tight knit community. Why? Because these guys go through stuff and what does that stuff do? It mends them together. Trials will always produce deeper faith. That's why James told us consider it pure joy. Why? Because you're about to encounter a growth season. Secondly though, I think we build faith when we put more focus on God's character than our circumstances. You build your faith when you put more focus on God's character and who God is than your circumstances. Many of us here, our walks with God feel like a roller coaster. One day you're good, the next day you go down, the next day you're up, the next day you're down, and you're just like, what is going on? Why? Because your feelings change. You wake up every single day it's it's like, you're feeling, you, you never know where they're gonna be. And if we put, if we try to build our faith in God, simply on the circumstances, if things are good, we're good, if things are bad, then we're struggling, you're building on a wrong foundation. Why? Because circumstances change, God's character doesn't change. His character stays the same. He is good, loving, gracious, merciful. Ultimately, what we see God's character in Scripture is God's a father. Whenever Jesus prayed, he said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done. He said, our father. We've got to first off view view God not as being a sugar daddy, but as being a father. And this might be hard for you if you're not a father. I, I became a father. Like I've learned more about God by having kids. And I've said, God, if this is the way I am to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> if this is the way I act when you didn't give me something that I wanted, I'm sorry. I don't know how you didn't kill me. I don't know how, <laughs> you know, but, you know, but it's, it's like there is this whole thing that God's ultimate character is he is a father and a good father sometimes has to tell their kid no. When my dad would tell me, no, I couldn't stand it. Now, whenever I got my kids coming to me at 9 9 a.m. bringing me a pack of Skittles, and they're like, yo, dad, can we have this? I'm like, no. And they walk away and say funny stuff, like, you don't love me. I'm never gonna, I mean, my seven-year-old is saying this stuff. I'm never gonna be this way when I'm older. I'm like, who are you? You are possessed, you know, but it's like, but it's like, that's how many times we are with, with God is we think sometimes when God is telling us, no, that it is, it is this whole thing that God doesn't like us. He just doesn't understand. But we've got to know that, that God sees things that we don't see, that God's ways are not our ways. We only see typically here, but God sees down here. And that is why, if we build our faith only on circumstances, it's going to be up and down. It's going to be a really, really bumpy ride. But whenever you build it on the character of God, that He is a loving and good Father, you build your faith on a solid foundation. Why? Because your faith will be able to withstand a no. You know, I always thought those who had the most faith, I don't know. Uh, about you, but I always thought those that had the most faith were, were, the, were those people that could pray. And whatever they prayed for, it just happened. I'm like, I want that kind of faith. Give me that kind of faith. But as I've been in this Jesus thing a little while, I am almost at that point where I almost respect and want the faith of those people who have prayed their hearts out. And God told them no, but they didn't lose the faith. They trusted God, they trusted God's character that he's good instead of their circumstances. Now, me, I'll I'll be honest. There's something that I've prayed to God my whole life that that I'm asking for. I'd say, God, you know, I stutter and I've been praying to God my whole life. Yo, God, if you could take this away, that'd be great. Especially when he was like, I want you to preach. I was like, are you crazy? Yeah, a stuttering preacher, yeah. (laughs) Unicorns might be real, right? It's like... You never know. So you want me to be a stuttering preacher? Yeah, okay. Well, it'd be great if you could heal me. And I've prayed it. You know, I've even said prayers like, I'll do anything, God. God, I'll go to Africa, whatever, just heal me. I'll do anything. I'm trying to make like a bargain with them. You know, like God, you do this, I'll do this. But, but you know, it's like as many times as I've asked God, he's, he straight told me no. And it's still like that. I'm gonna keep asking. My son never stops asking. I mean, he's—I mean, my son teaches me prayer all the time. He never shuts up. Dad, can I have this? Dad, can I have that? Dad, can I have this? Dad, and I have that? I'm like, okay, well, that's, I guess that's how I should pray then. So I'm constantly asking God, heal me, touch me, whatever, you know, like God, do it. But you know, and, uh, so I have a choice here. I could say I'm going to put my faith in, in, in my feelings, and be like, hey God, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to step out until You touch me, until the, uh, until this thing's gone. Or I can say He's called me. I'm going to trust His character, and I'm going to step out and do it, even though even though I don't feel it. And I've said, do you know? Do, do, I've I've said, do you know what? The bottom the the bottom line is, I can still communicate and talk, so I've been like, you know what, God, I'm going to be like, yo, Jesus loves you. I'm going to tell you that. And I'm going to stand wherever God puts me, you know, wherever. Because I'm like, I'm not going to build my faith on my circumstance. I'm going to build my faith on God's character and who God is. And that is what he's calling all of us to do. Why? It gives you a solid foundation to build on in the midst of an unstable world that wants you to have, that wants you to build on circumstances. Hebrews Chapter 11, verses 35 through 38. And, and this here's the faith chapter. So this is the hall of faith is what it's called, where it talks about all these great you know, Bible guys, David you know, David and Goliath. He put Goliath down. You know, Daniel and the lion's den, he shut the mouth, Abraham, Noah. It mentions all these great people of faith. And I've, I've, I've really seen preachers typically only focus on the first part of that verse. They don't go down to verse 35 through 38, where it's talking about heroes of the faith. And then it gets into some of these cats here, women received back their dead, raised to life again, awesome. Then there were those who were tortured. Oh, oh, this is the hall of faith. There were those refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. Yeah, anyone want to be a great person of faith? They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. The the those who had the most, those who were in the hall of faith, there were some that God considered to be so full of faith. This is what their life led them to why cuz god is more concerned about building your faith on who he is than about your circumstances whether you're salt so, like if you got jesus you got everything if you got god's character you know rick warren one of the greatest pastors in the united states he wrote the second best selling book of all time the purpose driven life his son killed himself about Four years back, Rick Warren, amazing pastor, I mean, has a church of 30,000 people, sold millions of books, helped to so many people. There's anyone that it's like God would, you know. His son, 30 years old, killed himself. They asked his wife, Kay, they said, how did you endure during this season? This is what Kay, Kay Warren, Rick's wife said. She says, somebody recently asked how I survived my son's suicide. I told him I've, I've sent my spiritual roots deep in the character of God for more than 50 years. Circumstances tried to brutally rip out the tree of my faith, but the roots held. Building your faith on the character of God is building your roots in Christ. It, it, it's, it's, it's the roots that you need when the storms happen, not if they happen, but when they happen, that it will keep you stable and secure. Lastly, we gotta close here. I don't know how y'all preach in 30 minutes. I asked them earlier. I'm like, how do y'all do this? Preach in 30 minutes. I Me, mean, I preach home for like 45 minutes. Just throw 30 minutes stuff. Love you, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> lastly, <laughs> lastly, faith is built by remembering God's faithfulness in the past. I believe you build faith by remembering God's faithfulness in the past. If you're sitting in this room, God has been faithful to you. I don't care what your past has been. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what you have experienced. If you're in this room, God has been faithful to you. Romans eight twenty eight tells us this, all things work to the good of those that what? Love God. Not that all things are good, but God is so good, God will take whatever's happened in your life and take it and make it work for your good. So some people here, you need to take a second look back at your past and what you saw as 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 God not being faithful, you need to look again and say, God, yes, that wasn't good, but your character is that is, is, is you are good. So God, I need you to take what, wasn't good, and since you are good, and take it and make it something good for my life. Instead of just saying, God, why? We need to transition to God. How are you gonna take this and use it for me? And what can I learn? And that takes us looking back on our past and seeing the faithfulness of God, and it's propelling you forward and saying, you know what, the fuel for my faith in the future is gonna be God's faithfulness in the past random story. One of the the things people did in the Old Testament that God told them to is to have physical representations of God's faithfulness. Basically saying, whenever I win something for you, take a physical representation. Take a physical representation and put it in the temple, put it Somewhere, why? So when people see that, they will look and say, "Oh snap! Do you remember what God did in the past? Why? Because that will act as fuel for the faith that they will need in the future." In Joshua chapter four, Israel they were trying to get into the Promised Land, but and millions of people going with them. I mean, I mean you know, Moses. Favorite Bible character, Moses stuttered. So I'm like, Moses is my boy, you know. Moses would lead millions of different people. What did they encounter though? They encountered the Jordan River. And Moses, you know, you know what? They didn't have speed boats. They didn't have, what do you call those? Ferries. Didn't have none of that stuff. And they've got millions of people, pharaohs chasing. They're like, how are we going to get across? But God works Miracles. He splits it, and they walk through it. And in Joshua chapter 4, verse, verse number 4, it says this here. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of, of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a what? Memorial in the future. Your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Do you have any physical Representations of God's faithfulness. If you don't, you need some. Maybe God healed your body. You had cancer and you're here right now. You, you, you need to get a report and frame it. Maybe you have lost 100 pounds. You need to get a pair of pants and put that on the wall. Maybe... Maybe you lost a child. But you're here. And God has been faithful to you. And God got you through. And maybe there was a a scripture verse or maybe there was, you know what it is. You need to get that and put it front and center in your life living room so you can know whenever you walk out and you see that God's faithful. I've got two things that I always look back on as being the, as being symbols of God's goodness and faithfulness to me. One, whenever you are a church planter, you have to get like examined. I mean, like you have to, you know, is this guy good enough? And so you, so you've got to go through testing. You have to go through assessments, and then basically you get graded or, the, or they're kind of like, is this guy gonna succeed or fail? So I went through, through through one and I've got a God-sized dream in my heart. We're planning and praying to reach thousands in our city. We don't, we don't, we, we don't have a small vision. We're not gonna play it safe. And so when I was going through all of this stuff, m- m- my report came back and this is what it said. Candidate where is most likely to plan an average sized church? The competitive person in me was like, oh, oh okay. I'll show you an average sized church, right? You know, I, I was like, okay, that's probably not God-like. It's probably not Jesus-like by a little anger. <laughs> but then I, I was like, you know, and, and, and really check it out. An average sized church in this country is 90 people. So the average sized church, what I served is that basically this guy has enough talent to build a church of 90 people. And honestly, whenever I think of it, I think they're right. In, 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 in and of myself, I'm very average, very average. But I know what God has put in my heart. So basically on that first day when we had 456 people, whenever we've got 300 coming consistently, I can look at that and I can say, God is faithful. God, I know that wasn't me. I know that wasn't skill. I know that was what God is doing. So I, so I can look back on it and not take credit and I can say, God, you're faithful. You're good, you need a physical representation. One other quick one, the IRS, okay? <laughs> Satan's service, I'm just kidding. If you work for the IRS, we love you. We'll pray for you after service. Come up, we'll lay hands on you. But the IRS, one summer, Kristen and I, we were going through a tough financial time, just did the tax return. We, and summertime, we're like, we're about $3,500 short bills, projecting things out. Two weeks later, after our tax return, I look in our bank account and it's like loaded. And I'm like, is someone selling drugs or something? I'm like what's, what's going on here? I don't, don't really know. Looked at it, it was from the IRS. I'm like, oh my God, something's wrong but I'm not gonna tell them, (laughs) I'm gonna thank God. And anyway, I was like, I I should probably call them, talk to them, they said, yeah, you forgot a child exemption on your tax return. So we figured that we would make it right. I said, is this the IRS? Like they gave me money. And and so do you know what? I've got that where it's like, if we ever feel lack, I can say, God used the IRS to provide for me over the summer. Now I know whenever I feel lack, I've got a physical representation of God's faithfulness. What do you have? You need to get something because your faith's gonna be tested. It's not if, but when. And you're gonna need something just as Kay Warren said, that'll root you that will root you. And I believe this, it is when you realize faith is built, time under tension. When you build your faith on God's character and not your circumstance. And when you have physical representations of God's faithfulness in the past that will propel you forward with a faith that won't just survive, but will thrive. Let's pray, church. God, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you for each person here, for each story here. God, I pray that they would that they have been encouraged today in their faith, knowing that you are a loving Father, a good God. So God, strengthen their faith today. Let them know it's gonna take, it's gonna take tension. It's gonna take building it on your character, but also, God, let them have and find physical representations of your faithfulness. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.